MatchTheLava, and you're listening to the Road to Freedom Pod. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter, at MatchTheLava, and today is Wednesday, April 21st, 2021, and it has been an up-and-down day for me. It's It's been a little bit of a, just, just a weird day, I guess. I got a lot done at my day job, and I did have a massively massively successful morning only to have it ripped away from me immediately so we'll talk about that in a sec but it's been it's been decent I mean other than that it's just been a a kind of a slower day not a ton of releases not a whole ton going on but that's just par for the course around this time of the week anyways so we were supposed to have a Nike Air Max 95 NRG release uh, with LeBron and those ended up getting postponed to the I believe the 26th so sometime next week we will have those come out and it should be maybe the 28th maybe the 28th so i think the next wednesday instead of this wednesday those got postponed so those will come out then and we'll have more coming out around that time as well so that's kind of a bummer i did see those and i I know that they're going to do pretty well because they're lebron and they are lakers colors and those just two two brands alone have enough to drive shoe values up and so it's a pretty decent sneaker it doesn't look too bad and some of the bigger sizes will probably do well so i'm excited about those whenever those come out next week but other than that got some stuff listed today and kind of kept it cruising but this morning got started off really 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 well i was pumped like i i absolutely smashed retail sites this morning and within probably 20 minutes had checked out ten thousand ish dollars of like product and had about 163 checkouts like absolutely crushed it and it was awesome because they were all like sports cards and just so 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 many sports cards and pokemon cards and like just absolutely demolished them and it was really really nice until all the cancels started coming in and i can't really count how many cancels there are because i'd have to go through all 163 checkouts count those and then count how many were like counted as negative checkouts which means like they refunded my card on my statement i just i'm not going to do that it'll refresh tomorrow and i'll see if any of them stuck but i don't think that they did i really don't because one my card would have probably maxed out at some point and two it's just i they never all stick and honestly i've just i've gotten a lot of checkouts in the past i don't know how many couple of weeks and they just all got canceled which really really sucks i don't know what what some of these sites have really changed up but it's been a big big problem and i haven't been able to really get anything to stick which has been kind of a bummer because if this was like two months ago when i was first getting into doing some retail sites and doing sports cards and stuff like that i absolutely would have made a killing today i mean we're looking at like we're probably looking at like 15k at the least profit which is insane to say 15k profit just ripped away because they all I, I think they all got canceled so that was a bummer because when you look and you're like oh my gosh i checked out ten thousand dollars worth of product it's probably an easy double up and then and then some and then you see that it just all gets canceled i mean that's what you expect to happen but it just it's never it's never a fun thing to see but it was cool to get all the checkouts i mean that was fun it was really really nice to have the the uh webhook blow up and stuff like that but it just really really had no sustainability because they all got canned so that's how it goes sometimes you you have to take the good with the bad and hopefully at some point i'll be able to figure out what's going on with these cancels because they have really started to become an issue like a big issue if i could have gotten those to stick today or even half of them to stick today would have really been looking at a lot of profit and 
probably, I think at this point, I think three stock I manual does. So we're going to look at probably like maybe a hundred, 200 bucks profit, but not nearly the, the like crazy, crazy money we were going to make off of the, the stuff today. So I was bummed out about that. But other than that, it's been decent. I've sold just some, some random stuff on eBay, just random, random things. I mean, I got these Sperry's back from Ross, I think last year, maybe around Thanksgiving time. And it was going into fall. They had a bunch of these Sperry's at Ross, 10 bucks a pair. And they were just top siders. They weren't that great of a color. They were like white and navy, but they looked decent enough. And I picked up a couple pairs. Looking back, probably should have picked them all up because they were actually a pretty clean colorway with the white and navy. It looked pretty good for summer. And I was just thinking, okay, well, I'm gonna have to hold these all fall. Do I really want to? Well, yeah, I should have because 10 bucks a pair, they had probably like 10 or 12 pairs, throw 120 bucks into that and get out of winter selling them at about 50 bucks a pop. That's just the way to do it. And I should have done that because it's an easy, easy few hundred dollars profit that just comes rolling in once it starts to get nice outside. And those sorts of things you want to be able to have. You want to have things that are just kind of gimmies, like things that are you know you're going to make money on. And I had a really, really good feeling that I'd make money on those. And I just didn't go all all in on that shoe. And in the past week, I've sold both pairs that I got. So a bit of a bummer there. But hey, happy to get those sales in. And then just some other stuff. I, I sold a pair of football spikes that really I don't even think I made any money on after I looked at them and realized that the shipping ended up costing. I don't know if I put like... I don't know what I did for shipping, but I think I charged the buyer like $6 shipping as if I was going to like first class mail it to them, which doesn't make any sense because it's a pair of football spikes and they weren't light. Like they were like from when I was a kid that were brand new. I'd never used. I think I got them for like 10 bucks back then. So I sold them for 15 bucks now. And it was just like, I don't think I made any money because they were going to Cali and I barely charged them anything for shipping. Not sure what happened there. No idea. But either way, I got those shipped out as well. And then I just got some uh, one other random retail item that I'd had sitting that really probably wasn't a good buy. Probably should have returned it, but they were charging shipping for returns. I knew I could make some money on it. Really wasn't that expensive anyways. So a couple more of those left to go, get those things sold and then keep it moving with that. But I'm excited. I mean, I got a lot of good things that came in recently. I've been able to do really, really well on some of these electronics that have been releasing in stores and online and stuff like that. So been able to do well with those. I see a lot of people crushing just good, good, profitable items in some of the groups that I'm in, which is really, really cool to see. I like seeing that kind of stuff. And honestly, some of the people that I talk to on a daily basis are really crushing Amazon right now. So it's cool to see that. I, I do at some point want to venture into that a little bit because some of the things that I'm selling on eBay for 14, like like the one item that one of my, my, my friends sold on Amazon, he sold it for like 1500 bucks with, I think, the profit. So like profit, like, or maybe not profit, but total payout on Amazon was 1500 some dollars. And the total that you can sell it on eBay for was like 1400 So you're going to get the fee taken off at the top of that too. And it was so much higher on Amazon. I think it was like selling at like 17 or 1800 Just crazy. It was like, I could sell these things almost three to $400 more on Amazon and just completely make bank over what I'd be making on eBay right now. And it's true. I mean, there are a lot of things that if you have that that electronic item that you want to get sold best place to sell it is amazon just because there are there's just such a better market on there to sell those things so i am going to possibly be looking at that in the future it's just i, I hate amazon i really do they're just not they just don't care about the people that are selling on a platform because they really don't matter that much to them and there's not really any there's no accountability if if you end up getting some sort of issue with the buyer like the buyer's always right which makes sense for amazon but not for us and if the buyer's always right well amazon just starts 
handing out suspensions and stuff like that. So it's kind of an issue and, and RA has been getting a little bit more difficult from what I've been following on Amazon. There's a lot of, there's a lot more hoops than when I first started reselling. I know that much because I've listened to a lot of people that are bigger Amazon sellers and some of the things that they've said that they're rolling out on Amazon really starts to creep in on your profit, creep in on how much you can send in for FBA. It's, it's actually pushed people to more so sell FBM fulfilled by merchant at this point where you're actually basically doing what eBay is doing. And that's not the point of Amazon for for resellers i mean it is sometimes it's basically ebay but you're making more you're able to sell your items for more money but the real allure with amazon always was fba because you could just throw your stuff in a box throw a label on it send it into amazon and they take care of the rest for you and so that's that's kind of the issue i I just don't see all the scalability i see the scalability i just don't see i don't see the the ability to really get going as easily as you could have back in in like i don't know 2017 18 19 there was a lot more ability to get going on amazon but at the same time there's still a lot of profit to be made on there so trying to work that out it's there's just a lot of 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 hoops to jump through and things like that i I am already i already have an amazon account which is nice so like i already have a, a seller account i just need to upgrade that to a pro seller account to get that that um the ability to get ungated in certain items and stuff like that but it's just, it is just a little bit odd and a little bit weird that, that some of the things they put in and just some of the things that I've seen some of the people that I know sell on Amazon, some of the messages they'll get in an email like, hey, please provide us an invoice for this. And it's like, well, back then you didn't need to provide an invoice for something you bought at a Ross or a Marshalls that was brand new. Now they're requiring invoices for different things. And, and that's not to discourage anybody from doing Amazon. It's just there's a lot of differences that have popped up over the, the past couple of years that have given me pause with with that company as a whole so i don't know it's just it is it is what it is but they're the biggest retailer in the world so it makes sense that if you're going to sell there you're probably gonna make some money so yeah definitely definitely jump on that if you've been thinking about it you will make some good money i just need to figure out how i want to do it so that i'm not completely dependent on it because the thing i don't want to have happen is me start selling on there make a bunch of money and then really start depending on amazon get my account clipped and then now i have to go back to ebay and like restart all over again i would rather get ebay humming And this is what a lot of people actually say. A lot of people that are bigger sellers, they'll say, get one platform going and get it to where you almost don't need to be involved in it every day and then go work on another platform. It's almost like another business. So that's what I'm kind of thinking I'll do, but I need to get eBay worked out here and get some some things a little bit more automated for that and then we'll keep it moving and move on from there. So that's what I've been looking at a little bit. But the thing I wanted to talk about today, the thing that's been on my mind has been reselling sneakers and it's always on my mind because i'm always going for sneakers so that's that's kind of what we're always doing here i'm i always come on here i talk about what sneakers came out i do a recap of the release just like different things about shoes and the one thing i'm realizing is that i don't really i don't think i've done a good enough job at describing what makes a good shoe pop what makes a shoe worth money because there's a lot of variables that go into making money on a sneaker and if you want to make money on a sneaker you should understand what those variables are so that's what I want to talk about real quick. Just touch on that for a quick second because that's really what really what helps me make more money on shoes than when I first started. When I first started, I didn't really have a good market or a good idea of what the market was for the 
these sneakers I was about to resell. And so I would oftentimes make less profit or oftentimes skip out on shoes that I could make more profit on and think, well, that might, that shoe doesn't really look that nice or that shoe's probably not going to do well or I don't hear anybody talking about the sneaker, so it's probably not going to sell well. And then I, I go back and look at it and it sells for way more than even some of the hype sneakers are just because there's a better margin on it and there was lower stock and nobody went after it. And so the people that did go after it and ended up putting it on eBay make, made a killing because there wasn't as much competition and stuff. So that's something that I want to talk about really quickly and just touch on it because there are a lot of sneakers that have been coming out in the past couple of weeks that have kind of piqued my interest and I'm regretting a little bit not going after them a little bit harder because I would have made a way, way more money than I did on the few pairs I got in. And so that's really what I want to talk about. We'll just focus on that for a moment. We'll move on and, and wrap this thing up. But anyway, sneakers. Sneakers are, they're like they're like art. I mean, that's kind of the way I would best describe it. They're almost like art for your foot. And it sounds a little bit weird putting it that way, but it's, it's essentially what it is. I mean, people wear different color shoes because they like the colors on them. They like the design. They like the texture. They like the feel. They like the look. Like all these different things, the comfort. There is a different reason everybody likes a pair of shoes. Almost like people would say everybody gets their own sort of enjoyment out of a piece of art. Some people like it, some people don't. Some people find this nice, some people find that nice. Like they're almost like art for your shoe, for your feet. So it's kind of, it transcends a bunch of different markets and a bunch of different like market, like markets because there's so many people that wear shoes. Everybody wears shoes and everybody has their own taste and everybody likes different things and different colors and different feels and stuff like that. So they that naturally there'd be a demand for all different types of sneakers. And so you can really make a lot of money on shoes. You just have to know what you're looking for. And if we're talking about hype sneakers in, in uh, like specifically hype sneakers, we want to look at shoes that have good colors, shoes that have a good silhouette or shoes that have some sort of really, really good story or hype backing the shoe. So you can look at the Travis Scott ones, the Travis Scott Jordan ones, and those are they're a really decent looking sneaker. I mean, I think they look good. I think the colorway is really good, but that's not to say that they are the best looking sneaker, right? I mean, there are some really, really clean Jordan ones. Those are one of those pairs. I mean, the, the Travis Scott ones are extremely clean, but at the same time, that's not the main driver in value for those shoes. The main driver in value for the Travis Scott ones is the fact that it's made by Travis Scott and, and he did a collaboration with Nike. And that's really the big driver there because without that, without him being on that shoe, it just would have been another good Jordan and it probably would have went for a few hundred dollars, maybe like a couple hundred bucks over retail. Those things at, at points were way over a thousand bucks for resell and, and it's just, they went that much higher because of the hype. So that's the one thing you can look for. And that's probably the thing that drives most both, most sneaker value when you're looking at a hype shoe is the hype behind it if it's a collab, right? If you're looking at a collab, who's the collab with? Who are they doing it with? Is it somebody everybody knows? Is it somebody that has a big following? Go look at their Instagram, go look at their Twitter, see how many followers they have on there, see if they have done anything of any relevance or what their, their motivation is. And if it's somebody that does some sort of, it's some sort of activist or something like that, you may make some good money on that shoe because it may be a cause that a lot of people are behind. So kind of keep that in mind when you're looking at a hype shoe that says like it's a collab with either Travis Scott or somebody that has some sort of prominent role in society that kind of sticks out a little bit. That sort of a person will help make a sneaker worth more money because they, they there's a lot of people that follow them and a lot of people that care about what that person is up to. So they want to support them. They want to wear the shoe that kind of reminds them of the person themselves. And so that's kind of what drives some value for those sort of sneakers. 
The other things are colorways and silhouettes. So you touched on a silhouette because that's pretty much the sneaker itself. The silhouette is basically the shoe. It is what type of shoe it is. So you have a Jordan 1, a Jordan 5, a Jordan 4, a 3, a 2. Like you can go through all the different silhouettes of Jordans. They make a new one each year. I think they're on like 35 or 36 right now. So they have a lot of these Jordans that have come out over the past years and it each one is its own silhouette. And so it's just basically what model of shoe it is. So they're all the same brand, different model. And so the, the silhouette of a sneaker will definitely determine how much it sells for as well because you can really, really see a vast difference in prices between like a Jordan 1 and a Jordan, I don't know, like a Jordan 13 or 14. Like there's just not that much demand for a Jordan 14 unless it's a really, really good collab back to what we were talking about earlier. Like they did the Jordan 14 collab with Clot who makes really, really hype, like very good designer clothing. And they, when they do a collab with Nike, it always does really well. So, okay, a Jordan 14 with Clot, that's gonna do really well just because Clot's on the, the, the shoe name itself and people really like to have stuff by them and it always sells really well. So that would be one way that you have a, a Jordan 14 do well, but typically Jordan 14s don't do well. The only one that I could think of doing well was the Toros, right? Other than that wasn't a collab, the, the Toros was like a red, black, and white pair, basically a Chicago or a bread colorway, however you wanna put it. That's what it was. And those sell well, and we can get to colorways in a moment, but most Jordan 14s don't sell well. And there's a reason, it's because they look ugly. They're not that nice of a shoe. They don't look that nice. There's nothing that that great about the shoe that really pops out. It's just, it, it's not one of their better looking models. Where the Jordan 1's an icon. It is, it was the, the Michael Jordan shoe. It was the first shoe that Jordan broke out. It has become the most iconic basketball sneaker of all time. And it is, it's just, it transcends so many generations, so many different colorways, so many different, even like things like cultures, like it's just, it's everywhere. And it is, there's so much demand for that sneaker because it is the iconic shoe for basketball and sneaker culture that so many people want to wear it and rep it. And so that's why there's a lot more demand. And as the demand increases, the supplies probably stay the same, or even in some cases, there's more Jordan 14s in a single release than there may be of Jordan 1s in another release. So the demand is high for a Jordan 1, but the supply may be less or equal to a Jordan 14. So when you have a higher demand than the supply, you're gonna have prices jump up because more people want it and they're willing to pay a little bit more. So that's kind of what you see and that's what you'll see when when cer certain sneakers will sell better than other shoes jordan 3s another shoe doesn't oftentimes sell that well if it's not a good colorway we've seen some really good colorways come up in the recent past looking at like the jordan 3 midnight navies insanely beautiful colorway jordan 3 cool grays not that great of a colorway in my opinion some people may differ in opinion but I don't think that there was really all that much profit to be made on those things. And it was because they really didn't catch your eye nearly as much as the Midnight Navies. So that's why there was more profit to be made on those. Another thing like Jordan 5s, really, really good shoes. It does depend though on the colorway. When you see the, the Jordan 5 top threes that came out last year really weren't selling that well after release. But then you see shoes like the Jordan 3 Toro Bravos, like the Raging Bulls or the Jordan 3 or the Jordan 5 Stealths. Like both of those Jordan 5s did insanely well for resale value now there are other factors as well depending on the release and depending on how iconic the colorway was which we'll touch on that in a moment but you sometimes shoes really do depend on the silhouette because jordan fives can sell well but it really depends on the colorway for that shoe where a jordan one in most cases even if it's an ugly colorway like the volt golds they're going to still sell and you'll still be able to make some decent profit on it just because there's not 
there's not an overabundance of Jordan 1s. Like everybody that's a sneakerhead wants Jordan 1 and there's going to be somebody out of all the sneakerheads out there that wants a Jordan 1 that's going to want that specific colorway when it releases. So that's something to keep in mind. You'll always be able to make profit on those unless it's like, I don't know, if they release like a hot pink and brown colorway, like that would be, that would be gross. Like nobody would buy that. And like maybe like lime green, I can't imagine anybody buying that. So that would probably be a shoe to stay away from if it was a Jordan one, but like they don't do that. They, I haven't seen them do anything that ugly ever. So that's, that, that would be like, that would be the only thing. It would have to be such a putrid looking shoe that nobody would want to buy it. So most of the time Jordan ones hit really well. You can make money on those other shoes that are less in demand. It really depends on the colorway. Now, what's the colorway? Well, the colorway is a basically the color of the shoe. It is the color pattern, everything to do with the coloring of the shoe. And I don't know why exactly it's called a colorway. That's just kind of what it's called in sneaker land or sneaker culture. And it is just like what it is, the color. So when you look at colorways, there are some specific colorways that have done really well in the past. The most notable is a bread colorway, black and red. And then there's a Chicago, which is pretty much the same thing, except usually there's white on it too. And they're just, those sorts of colors do really well. I'm not exactly sure why, other than the fact that Jordan played for the Bulls and like Chicago's one of the biggest cities in the, in the US. So there's a lot of fandom behind that team a lot of fandom behind that culture and obviously a lot of fandom behind Jordan who played for the Bulls. So people that want to rep Jordan shoes oftentimes will want to rep the colors that he played in as well. So that is one of the reasons that drives that colorway really, really high. And you will see shoes that usually don't sell that well, like a Jordan 14, for example, those Toros that, that came out last year in the middle of summer sold insanely well. And it's because one, there wasn't nearly as much stock as I think people expected. And two, the colorway was fantastic because it was a red, black, and white colorway. Like mostly red shoe, really catches your eye. And then there was some black and white on there. So it was basically like a bread colorway of a Jordan 14. And those ended up doing really well. And so certain colorways can make shoes sell really well. Iconic colorways, again, help shoes sell really well too. Like a Jordan 4 white, uh, like a Jordan 4 cement, or I think they're doing a white cement at some point during the upcoming year. So keep your eyes out for that. But a Jordan 4 cement, like that's a very iconic Jordan 4 colorway or a Jordan 1, I don't know. There's so many iconic Jordan 1 colorways. We'll kind of skip over that because there's just so many of them. And it doesn't even have to be iconic to be a, a good colorway and have people go after it. But like the Jordan 5 Stealths or even the Raging Bulls, really, really good colorways. And coupled with the fact that those came out previously. So I think the Jordan 5 Stealths came out in the early 2000s, the Jordan 5 Raging Bulls came out in the in 2009, and they were both highly sought after colorways back then. And so now it's something that people kind of reflect back on, and there's almost some nostalgia involved with buying that sneaker. So colorways can determine good resale for shoes. Again, the Midnight Navies, you saw those sell a lot better because they had a fantastic colorway compared to some of the other Jordan 3s we've seen come out in the recent past. So the real three main things that can sell a shoe would, would definitely be the shoe silhouette the height behind the shoe and the colorway just because those three things are really the the whole essence of the shoe i mean if it is like art then you really want to know who it's by or who's doing the collab with it i guess in this case and then you definitely want to see if it's if it's pleasurable to look at like if it's a good looking shoe then the colorway is obviously on point and if it's a good looking shoe because it's just a good looking shoe like the silhouette's good then that makes it all the better so 
that's really the three main things that really will drive a shoe's value in my opinion. You can get into some other things where like quality is better, some quality is better on some Jordan 1s than other Jordan 1s just because of the materials they choose to use and whether or not they really want to make it a high quality Jordan 1 or just another run of the mill, here's a random colorway we're going to slap on a shoe Jordan 1. But either way, you can sometimes see a little bit of a bump if they end up being really high quality as well as the stock numbers. So if there's a really, really low stock for a shoe and nobody expected it, sometimes resale prices will jump up really high or if there's not, or if there's a lot of stock and nobody really thought there'd be as much stock as there was, well then you'll see resale prices dip a little bit because there'll be way more supply on the market than people originally anticipated. So those are kind of the things that drive shoe value. That's the things that I use to help determine whether or not I wanna go after a shoe just go look at some shoes over time that have, have sold really well and shoes that have been general releases, things that have been like the Jordan 5 Toro Bravos or those those Raging Bulls. Those are the ones that like were a general release that did really well. Go look at shoes like that and then look at other shoes that were hyped up, maybe were super limited compared to that one and see if you can kind of determine a colorway that like kind of get an idea of what colorways sell well, what sorts of artists that collab with Jordan sell well. You can start to learn from there. That's really what I did and that's really what's helped me out a lot in learning how to sell more sneakers as time goes on. So hopefully that helps you out. Hopefully that can be something that you use when you're looking to resell shoes, but that can be something that you can basically make more money with. So with that being said, I'm going to go, but you guys have a great rest of your Wednesday and I will talk to you tomorrow with another podcast. Have a good one. Peace.